Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. Uh, well, good morning, guys. If we haven't gotten the chance to meet, my name is Josh. And uh, I truly am, hi, uh, I'm truly grateful that you came out this morning, uh, seeing so many familiar faces, some new faces this morning, um, and uh, really glad that you're here today. Uh, so Pastor Keith already said there's pancakes brewing up. Who smells them? Right, who, who ate them already? And he, yeah, 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 all right. Sorry for those that haven't. You get to sit here with me for 20 minutes, but I'll try not to keep you past late breakfast. Uh, but it is Small Group Sunday. We give it up for Small Group Sunday. Uh, Keith, do you know the, the, the total? 81 people have signed up for Small Group. That's awesome. Come on, you better hop on and you better see. We got some fun groups. Joe Patty's doing a golf group, right? I'm not a golfer, so I won't be there. Um, last semester, I got to be a part of a financial peace group. And so I just want to say, if there's one to point out there, that one is going to close up quick. And that one is super impactful for your finances. If you are looking to get out of debt and find freedom in your finances, that's definitely a group that you want to look at and join quickly uh, because I think it caps out at 10 or 12. So we call them small groups for a reason. The reason is they're small. And the reason is we need to be in life-giving gospel community to grow in our relationship with God. Scripture says that we find healing when we confess to each other in circles. So that's why we do this. So super excited to celebrate that with you this morning. Um, And as I get into today's message, uh, I don't think I need to preach this because Pastor Keith just preached this. When he said, uh, if you notice, there was a slide, and the title of my message is Generosity is Our Privilege. Can we just say that together? Generosity is our privilege. So I really want to just go on a deep dive with you this morning to look at this word generosity and see what does that really mean? Because I think we all have an idea. We, we all have an idea when I say the word generosity. But when we want to look at what scripture says, that God's best plan for our lives, let's spend a couple of minutes and talk about it. I think it's worth it because Jesus talked about money a whole lot. And so sometimes we could feel like, ah, oh, it's the taboo subject. We can't talk about money in church. Well, guess what? You got me and I get to talk about money with you today. Uh, but the Bible talks about it 2,000 times. Like God talks about the real stuff in our lives that matters for us to live a fully alive life in him. And we can't leave money out of the conversation. Like we get to give and we're going to look at what that means. But I want to start our time together, uh, next 20 minutes or so, with this statement. God has bigger purposes than increasing our standard of living. He wants to increase our standard of giving. It's good, right? I didn't write it, so don't give me credit. Um, but we've all experienced stories of generosity, right? Who, who's ever seen a generous person before? Right, who's ever experienced generosity from someone before? So as I sat down to write this message, um, it was hard for me to pick just a few, Uh, but I wanna share with you a couple times that really stand out to me when I experience like radical financial generosity. That's what we're talking about today. 
Um, but uh, my family, a couple of years ago, when my wife and I went to purchase our first home, uh, my family helped us out tremendously and was just so financially generous and helped us to pay the down payment for our first home, just completely blown away. Uh, a close friend of mine, another time, they were in need of a car. They didn't have wheels. And uh, someone saw that need and actually went out and bought a used car and handed the keys and said, here, bro, like, I know you need a car. Like, outrageously generous, right? Another time, uh, another friend of mine just received a check in the mail that seemed to them like it was out of nowhere. But it was at the right time, and someone saw their financial need. Like, you guys are nodding your heads. You've experienced it. You've seen it yourself. You've been a part of that. And I just want to stir like a generous spirit that God's given us in this place for what he might do next. You're hearing that God is doing above and beyond what we could ask, think, or imagine here in his church. And it's more than just this room, guys. The church of Jesus is all around the room, but we get to experience what he has for Riverhead, for Long Island. So just uh, stir your faith this morning. Just continue to expect what he's going to do. But generosity, it stirs something in us, doesn't it? And uh, the one thing in common with all of these stories is money, right? So we're going to talk about that. But I want to ask you a question. Who here is generous? Who's generous? All right, Keith was bold enough. He was the first one to raise. I saw some hands. It's a good thing. Uh, But I asked that not primarily to get an answer from you, but to really help us to think like, what is my criteria for defining generosity? Like when I think about, am I generous? What am I using as a standard? What is my yardstick? Like what is my rule that says, okay, now I've approached generosity. It's a challenging thought for me because I know I can have a, a ceiling or a quota or something that I think, oh, now I have arrived. Well, what does scripture say? Because we could define it for ourselves, but that's what we're going to answer today. And I kind of want to poke the bear a little bit this morning (laughs) and provoke you and say, what if I told you that you and I are not as generous as we think? What if we're not as generous as we think? And here's the reality for us, especially as 21st century modern day New Yorkers and Americans. Uh, here's our like normal financial management practices. So production guys, can you put that slide on the screen? We're going to call this five things we do with money. And I need your participation to right. fill in the gaps. We're going to have a little game show right now. So the first thing we do with money, we go out and we buy things and we spend. Thank you. We spend. I need my stuff on Amazon. I need my groceries and fill up the car with gas and stuff for the kids and can't forget about the Netflix subscription or the Spotify or whatever you spend on. We spend money. What's the second thing we do with money? We pay off debt, right? The third thing we pay, I'll give you a hint, life after death and taxes. We pay taxes. Next, we do this for the future. Save. That's number four. And finally, and hopefully last but not least, we do this for others. We give. Give. All right, so this next slide, we can go ahead and put this. This is where that money is going. So just take a look at this list. The first time I looked at this, I was a little convicted because this tends to be the order of how we're approaching our budget and how we're going to spend our money. Uh, what is the word that you see three times on the screen? 
And what is the first word that you see? And what is the last word that you see? All right, so this is, I'm not, not alone here. You're seeing the same thing I'm seeing. And so this is normal, right? There's nothing inherently wrong with this if we leave out the conversation of God's best for our lives, but this is normal in our culture. This is the way that we operate. But I'm here to tell you this morning that our Savior, who we just sang to and said, Jesus, we love you, like you're worthy of it all. Yeah. Is he? Right. Is he worthy of it all? And what does that look like in the area of our finances? Uh, so Jesus says that we are not only uh, encouraged to do better than normal, we are commanded wow. to do better. Wow. Everyone say commanded. commanded. Like I am commanded by my Lord to do better than this. And so this is, this is a different kind of like generosity, we would say, right? This is kingdom generosity. And so I want to discover with you what it truly means to be generous God's way. And so to do this, let's look to the best place that we can. Let's look to God's word. And this is going to be Paul's second letter to the early church in Corinth. Everyone say Corinth. So we're looking at the book of 2 Corinthians in the Bible. And Paul is speaking to the church in Corinth, group of believers that are there. And he's going to be referencing another group of believers in Macedonia. It's just a fun name. Sounds like macadamia nuts or something. He's talking to this church in Macedonia, uh, talking about the church in Macedonia. Listen to what he has to say. He says, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the, what is that word? Grace. The grace that God has given the Macedonian churches in the midst of a very severe trial. Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Like that's the entire message right there, I feel like. Like how in the world is this happening? Overflowing joy, extreme poverty, rich generosity. Let me just point out, I, I just wanna be a tour guide through scripture today. You know, as I sat and read this text uh, a couple of weeks ago, the words were just jumping off the page. And so I really, uh, the Holy Spirit's gonna speak to you through his word, because he's faithful to do that. I just wanna be a tour guide, just kind of like highlight some words that are going on to define God's style of generosity. But the first word, and you guys said it, so thank you for that. But the first word that jumped out to me was the grace that God had given. In verse one, Paul says, the grace that God had given this church. Well, let's ask the question, what is that grace that God gave? I'll answer it for us. That's the same grace that we have experienced. The same grace that said we were wretched sinners mm -hmm. apart from God. And he sends his son, yes. his one and only son in the fullness of himself to bridge the gap between us and him to invite us back to a relationship with a holy God who created all things and invites you that he would live within you. It's amazing. Like yeah. that's the grace, grace that God had given. So I want to point out, yes, we're talking a lot about finances and money, but this is the foundation. We cannot miss the grace of God. We can only get to respond to the work that he has already done. There's nothing in and of ourselves. This is the grace of God. And even as I talk about that with you, 
I know that for me, in my heart, what's welling up within me is gratitude. Like grace is producing gratitude and that gratitude produces a generous spirit. Generosity is produced by grace and gratitude. Let's look at verse two again. He says here, in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Can anybody take out their calculator and tell me how that makes any sense? Yeah. <laughs> like they, they were in a very severe trial. So that was financially, they were extremely, they, they, they were extremely poor. They had persecution, social, economic mistreatment. Like that was the dynamic that this church was in. And yet it says they had overflowing joy. Not just like a little bit of joy, like they were, they were doing okay. You know, they were making it through. Like they were overflowing with true joy. Yes. That's amazing to me. How could that well up in rich generosity when they were poor? Well, it was because the bank account that really mattered in their life, the joy meter, that was all full. Like they knew their savior right. and regardless of the physical or financial challenges that they faced, they were overflowing with joy. Yes. And that's what produced a generous spirit. Yes. And they were able to just be generous just because of what God had done in their lives. Right. The same can be true for us today. Like the grace of God welling up within us to produce gratitude that overflows with generosity beyond what we could even comprehend. Paul says next, he says, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Everyone say beyond. 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 Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Couple things I see here, like their giving was cheerful. They were eager to give. This is entirely on the, their own. They even pleaded like, please let us give. It's crazy to me. But this is kingdom living. This is new normal for the life of the believer in Jesus. It is possible. The next word there, and we said this, generosity is a privilege. Generosity is an honor. It is a privilege. We get to do this. Yes, we have to because Jesus commanded to, but it doesn't stop there. We get to. What a beautiful response we get to choose. And two other words jumped out at me. He says sharing and service. Like it's this sort of manager mindset where as Pastor Keith said before, like what's in my wallet, it truly belongs to God. And I, I don't know about you, but for me, I need to continue to remind myself of that truth because I can get caught up in, oh, this is mine and that's God's and they all got their categories. What freedom to know that I am not the owner, right. but I am a manager right. and God has entrusted me with what is his. Like what an honor that is. That's why we say it's a privilege. That's why we say it's sharing and it's service. And what's beautiful here is the Christians in this story, they wanted to give as much as they were able and beyond their ability. And I know that that is like the core, that is the heart of Blaze Church. And Blaze Church is not a building, 
It's not a place. We're at the Moose Lodge. We're portable. Blaze Church is a people. It is the people of God. And so I really feel like my mission today is to stir up what's already in you, Blaze Church. This generous gratitude, grace that God has given you, welling up to do something beyond your ability because it's his work of grace through our lives. And so we get to respond to this. And and just like the church in Macedonia, we can say, you know what? I can't wait to give. I cannot wait to give because I know this is just a response of what God's already done in my life. And if this is not adding up mathematically to you, this above and beyond, what about being responsible and paying my bills first? And are you saying I need to give everything away? Let's just continue to listen to scripture. Here's what Paul says in Ephesians. He says, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. I love that he says it's deep and gentle. It's not deep and tumultuous. It's not deep and he's forcing you. No, he does a deep and a gentle work in us to invite us. Here's the truth for us. God is able to do miracles in and through us when we live surrendered to him. Just like we sang this morning, all I have is yours. You're worthy of it all. When we live surrendered to him, he is able to do miracles through our lives. And I know that we've seen that. And I know that we will continue to see that. You know, you are a miracle here this morning. You are created by your heavenly father with the greatest purpose to know him and to make him known to the world around you. And I know that each of us can say, if we've experienced, if you're here and you're saying, yeah, I've I've tasted it, I've seen God's goodness, you can say, yes, yeah, I'm a miracle. If, if you're saying, I've never really heard those words before that God wants a personal relationship with me, I want you to see that this morning. Like his miraculous working power is so that you would know him and so that you would develop his heart of generosity. Here's what Paul says next. He says, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. So a question for you. What did they give? What does Paul say they gave? I'll give you a hint. It's underlined. (laughs) They gave themselves, right? Paul doesn't name a specific dollar amount. Although they are giving financially, he says they gave themselves. Hey, Amanda, can you grab, there's a little gift bag there. And I'm just feeling a little generous right now. So I just want to take a little detour. But uh, I have something in this gift. And it's one thing for me to give what's here. But if I said that this is all I had, like this represented like everything that I could give. I don't know. Would anyone want it? Do you know what's in the bag? There's no excitement. Do you want to find out? I have a couple things and I'm going to give them away. So I think, Devin... Can you catch? <laughs> Ready? Let's go. What is it? Oh, uh, all right. You can still keep it. What is it? It's a car. You get a car. Hey, all right. All right. Who wants one? I don't want to hit someone in the face. Miguel, you can catch. Megan? 
20, one, two, three. Hey, give it up for Megan and Miguel and Devin. All right, a little, little example of generosity in this place. All right, all right. Uh, but just think about like, okay, that was a car, right? If that represented a real car, you'd say, wow, like you really exceeded our expectations, Josh. Like, sorry, I, I don't have my keys on me. I'm not giving my, my car away today. God's not telling me to do that. Um, but listen, like they gave themselves. They gave everything they had. And who did they give it to? It says, first of all, they gave it to the Lord. And then immediately after, then to others. Generosity is surrender. See, when we give ourselves in rightful surrender to God, what we're doing, we're giving in response to what he has already done for us. This is not like a work of us. It's a work of him. It's a work of his grace. And we get to extend that work to the world around us. Like he wants to include you in his plan of generosity for those around you. Amazing, truly, truly amazing. So earlier I asked a question. I said, who here is generous? And a couple of you were bold enough to tell me how generous you are. Uh, But oftentimes I think our answer to that question is based on what we think we can do, right? Like we think, okay, here's my financial means. Here's what I realistically can do. Let me start from there. And what if I told you, again, poking the bear this morning, what if I told you that that's not true? What if I told you that that type of thinking will actually limit and stop you from experiencing this type of God-given generosity. Here's what we heard from Pastor Steve McCarthy. Uh, Last week he was here, he said, it's impossible to be generous if we only focus on what we don't have. Just think about that for a moment. Like we think, I can't be generous, I don't have enough. We think, I can't. But imagine with me if we flip the script. Imagine with me if we actually took God at his word. Like he can do anything, scripture says. Imagine with me. What if we did that? Listen to what Jesus said about this poor woman. She wasn't focused on what she didn't have. Here's what happened. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting in their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth, what were they worth? Only a few cents. I don't know about you, but inflation, that's probably worth nothing today. So he says, calling his disciples, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. That doesn't make sense, Jesus. Excuse me, I'll probably be Peter in that moment. Um, Lord, I got a question for you. How does this add up? She gave two cents. These guys are just throwing in money, it says, and he says she put in more. It's amazing. It doesn't make sense, but this is kingdom math. Somebody say kingdom math. 
All right, you need a kingdom calculator for this one because this really messes with us. What are we doing with what's in our hand? Like, do I really trust God to provide for me, to respond to this call, this command for generosity and trust that he'll provide everything that I need? Like, I'm not prescribing the specifics for you this morning. I'm not telling you that you need to go home and sell the car and sell the house and sell the kids. And <laughs> I'm not telling you that you need to move to Uganda and let the Holy Spirit lead you in your life for what this looks like. But are we asking the question that we need to ask? Am I depending on what I have to be able to be financially generous? Or am I truly dependent on God? Like, am I feeling like I just, I just get overwhelmed looking at everything and because I don't feel like I have enough, I, I choose to do nothing since I can't do everything. Again, I know I'm provoking us today. I'm, I'm right here with you. But for Christians in the room, I really wanna encourage you and, and, and challenge you with this. I, I really felt like God was asking me this question in my time of preparation. Like, if Jesus is your Lord, are you depending on your own ability or are you depending on the power of the living God whose spirit lives within you and can do all things? That's a challenging thought. It's a freeing thought because we ha do have a God who can do above and beyond what can we can ask, think, or even imagine. And this is what this group of believers here, that's what they experienced. They experienced God's power. Like they chose to respond in rich generosity out of their extreme poverty. No matter where you are financially, and this should be a liberating truth, followers of Jesus must live generous. More than can, this is a must. And really, like, really, Josh, really, we must live generous? Well, these are not my words, guys. I'm just the messenger this morning. Here's what Paul says next. He says, you must decide, each in your heart, how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Yes. Is he provider in your life or is he not? He is. And this is more than saying we can be generous. We must be generous and we can do it cheerfully and we can do it purposely knowing that God is provider and gives us everything that we need if you've experienced like God's generous gift of grace and providing in your life, can we just take a moment and just give him some praise this morning? Like the Bible says, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Thank him for his faithfulness in your life. So good. I wanna give us a little recap. I know we talked about a lot of different definitions and examples of generosity in this story, but here's how we say it at Blaze Church. These are five values of biblical giving. And if you guys would, why don't you say these with me? So biblical giving is first willing and cheerful. It's a regular pattern. It is proportionate to one's ability. It is generous 
and it is sacrificial. I saw Miguel taking a photo of that screen. Miguel, you are a smart man. <laughs> this is also on our website. So blazechurch.org slash give. It's more than just click the button and give. Like, I hope you're hearing our heart for you this morning is we want you to discover the full life that Jesus has for you. And it includes money and it includes our finances that we get to use this most impactful tool to affect the world around us, to experience Jesus for themselves. So yes, go to blazechurch.org slash give. You'll find the definitions there. There's a couple more videos just to encourage us in this space. But I just want to say one more thing, like Christians in the room, we have the greatest reason on the planet to be the most generous people on the planet, right? right? It's the grace of God. Yes. We've experienced that grace of God, and we're going to end with the grace of God here. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, he says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Mm. God gave his first and his all and his best. He gave his one and only son the fullness of himself to invite each and every one of us, the world around us, into a personal relationship with him and he invites you to respond in the same way, to give him your first, to give him your all, to give him your best. Financially generous because of a God who has been generous in every way towards us. And so if you're in the room or if you're watching online this morning and you would say that you haven't like taken a step to respond to the grace of God, like you haven't actually like just visually think of just like receiving that gift of grace. The Bible says this in Romans 10 verse nine, it says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I wanna invite you, if you have never prayed a prayer that says, God, I need you. Like, I invite you into my life. I receive this generous gift of grace. You may not know a whole lot about it. That's okay. That's why we're here to walk with you through this journey. But I just want to pray together as a church. And many of us have prayed this prayer. The power is not in the specific words that we say. It's in the heart. It's in Jesus. So would you, if you would pray this with me, respond to God's grace. Let's say this together. Say, Jesus, I need you. I surrender my life to you. You are Lord. Forgive me of my sin. Thank you for your amazing grace. I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's celebrate for everyone in this space. Amen. Awesome. Amen. Would you guys thank Josh? Josh, thank you so thank much you. for this beautiful message. And uh, the worship team is gonna join me on stage. And hey, I wanna take just a couple minutes as we get ready to sing one more song. And how many of you started smelling the pancakes about 15 minutes ago when they hit the griddle? My goodness, that smells good. I'm excited, want you guys to hang around and spend some time with us. Hey, I wanna talk to you, especially if this is your church. Blaze Church is your church and I have the privilege to be your pastor. Um, everything around you has a dollar attached to it. 
I want to bring some awareness to that this morning. So the seat you're sitting on, the, the envelopes in the chair backs in front of you, the pancakes that you are about to enjoy, the lights, the sounds, Blaze kids being impacted, being taught the gospel. When you pulled in this morning, A-frames. I mean, anything you can see here that makes up our time together, hey, I want you to know it's not free. Like, I just, I just want to bring that awareness to you that, that it's not, you're not about to have a free plate of pancakes. Somebody was radically generous and made that possible. So my invitation to you and my encouragement to you as your pastor is this. You want to put your money where you can see an EROI. Do you know what an EROI is? It's an eternal return on investment. You can put your money in so many places in this world and you can see as Josh said that typifies what we do with our money. We spend it, we pay off debt, we we pay taxes, we do these things and then we give and you can give to so many different places. I want you to know the hope of the world is the church mobilized. That Jesus ascended and left his church and said, now you be my hands and feet and you serve a community. You make sure that clothes are provided to those in need. You make sure food is distributed to the hungry. You make sure that lost people have a place to go so they can be saved and saved people can get discipled and be trained up to be all God has called them to be. And I wanna invite you, Blaze Church, to understand that truth. It's not a free t-shirt. It's not free music. It's not free Blaze Kids programs. It's not free pancakes. There are people who are saying, I'm making that happen with temporary things, money, and seeing an eternal return on the investment. And I just don't want you to miss it. So take a deep breath right now and keep your wallet in your pocket. We're not passing the plate and we're not locking the curtains, okay? We can't lock them, lock the curtain, don't let nobody leave till we get enough. This ain't that church. Okay, you just gotta understand, Josh said cheerful, willing. He also read scripture, you must decide in your heart what to give. Now, in that decision-making process, don't forget the other pillars that got you there. Because I've heard it said, well, Pastor Keith, I must decide. So why do, why do you suggest tithes and percents and these things? I mean, I must decide, and I decided this amount. That's fine. Let me just ask you, did you decide it based on the pillars that precede that verse? So is it beyond your ability? Is it sacrificial? Is it willing? Is it cheerful? Is it proportionate to your ability? Have you asked God, God, not even do you, what do you want me to give, but God, what do you want to give through me? Because Ephesians 3.20, as we read, says he can do immeasurably more and then we ask, think, or imagine. You're imagining you can only give what you see in your bank account. He's saying, but if you trust me, I can actually do more with it. And I can make sure you have enough to make sure those around you have all that they need. So there is this piece of paper in the chair in front of you that some of you think just is attached to the chair. It actually comes off. <laughs> like, dang, I never knew that. It comes off. You don't even have to put anything in it today. I'm just saying, take it home with you and start praying. I'm just saying, let the spirit work in your heart because we have a God-sized vision to see more lost people saved. Hello. To see more saved people Pastor, to see more pastored people trained up and to see more trained up people mobilized in their purpose to make a difference. That's what be very practical with you. There's dollars attached to the vision. Oftentimes I'll get asked as a vision caster, well, how long and when will this happen? When will we see this? When, when, when? The answer is so, so clear. You tell me when. Because giving accelerates the pace of the vision. 
The pace of the vision is set by the resources at hand. And say, hey, not under compulsion. That's why we're not passing a plate. Not out of uh, guilt. You can eat a plate of pancakes today and maybe not give. Just understand somebody did. And how good would it be for you to know I made a difference today? I helped someone join a small group because when they ate that plate and they hung out in the lobby, a group leader came over and said, I'd love you to be in my small group. All right, get the syrup off your cheek, bro. Look at you, I got you covered, but sign up on this right, right now. Come on. You're all smiling when I'm talking, Josh is talking because generosity is joyful. Generosity is beautiful. It's a gift. So I just want to invite you, church, don't miss out on that EROI. Don't start with what's in your hand. Don't start with what's not in your bank account. Start with the grace of God. Finish with his grace. Take him at his word. See what he does. So why don't you stand to your feet right now? We're going to sing one more anthem song as we head out. Don't leave too quick. Make sure you get a plate of pancakes and make sure you sign up for a group. We are now over 80 registrations and we want to see if we can hit over 100. So be in a small group. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that today we choose to be radically generous. Generosity is our privilege and we will be a church committed to giving cheerfully, willingly, sacrificially, regularly on the first day of the week, we will bring our first, our best, and our all in response to a God whose love never gives up on us, never lets us down. And today we give you all of our praise, King Jesus. You get the very best we have in your name. We say amen.